Hi, and welcome to Your Best Self podcast, where my aim is to filter out the nonsense that the media and diet culture has led you to believe and give you evidence-based dieting and exercise advice that allows you to feel less overwhelmed and more empowered to make choices that fit around your family, career and goals. I want you to finally stop yo-yo dieting and achieve the fat loss results that you want and deserve in a healthy and sustainable way. Results that allow you to show up as your best self for you and everyone around you. I'm Heather, mum of two, EIQ certified nutritionist, PT and lover of all things fitness. My goal is to make your fat loss and fitness journey easier by sharing tips and advice And if you want some extra help and support on your journey, then details of my coaching can be found in the show notes. Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Best Self podcast. So, in this episode, I'm going to do a little um, client Q&A. So, these are just some questions and some topics that have came up um, in check-ins and conversations over the past week. So, I thought that it would be good to come on here and just to give a little bit more detail because it's 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 probably better over um, like talking about it and chatting it through um, to get some of the nuance and some some more information out there. And these things that have came up are, are very common um, and I know for a fact that if you haven't experienced it yet, you probably will at some point in your journey. So I think everyone will benefit from these questions. Um, so I'm just going to get started and I'm going to start with um, mum guilt and making yourself a priority and this is something that is extremely close to my heart this week. Um, I am having a tough week um, with the kids, well mainly with Olivia, don't really know what's going on with her right now but um, she doesn't like her own bed anymore, she doesn't, she was I feel like I jinxed myself because I remember having a conversation, a conversation um, like doing an Instagram live with Shona, and we were talking about um, like how you juggle and how you manage. And I was like, I think I've won a watch with Olivia. She's such a good sleeper. Blah blah blah. Bum. She is not. Well, that's not true. She is a good sleeper when she goes to sleep. We just can't get her to settle in her own bed. So we have we've started, which I think we're put, making a rod for her own back. But we'll settle her in her bed, and then we will. She'll she'll be put into her own her own bed. But very rarely now she's sleeping through in it. And I'm just all about doing things for an easy life just now and getting a little bit of sleep because I'm exhausted. So I'm bringing her into bed with me. But she has to be like literally touching me like pretty much the full night she doesn't settle if she doesn't like I even as what I did the other night I wrapped one of my one of my tops the top I'd been wearing that day I wrapped it in a, in a teddy and put it in next to her because I thought I'm going to trick her I'm going to she's going to think I'm next to her but I'm not yeah I got till two o'clock in the morning which it's been half ten so I got a little bit more time to myself um but yeah <clears throat> it's it's exhausting and like some days the emotions, like the sleep deprivation, the emotions are so high that I'm like, I feel like a terrible mum and I feel guilty for needing a little bit of time to myself and I feel guilty for like trying to do the things that I enjoy and make me feel good. And so that's how I know like when I'm t- saying to people like, you have to do things for you and you have to make yourself a priority. Like I know how hard it can be in that moment um, because you do feel so guilty and mum guilt 
is literally like a punch to the stomach like so some um like this week in particular like both both sets of parents are um they're away just now so it is just me and my husband um and it's I found it really really tough um and like I know for me there has been some things that I have let slip over the past few weeks just with like my own health and my own um, my own goals so I'm kind of determined not to let that happen um, and to to continue to show up for me. But like taking that time for self-care and yes, I am speaking about your nutrition and your exercise because you do have to view that as self-care. Um, it just means that you can show up better for your kids. You're more patient, you're less stressed, you're more focused, you're less preoccupied. And that's what I'm like having at the back of my head. Like I know that if I take a little bit of time for a workout, if I take a little bit of time um, to make a, a more nutritious lunch, um, like I'm going to feel better for it. Like I might not feel like doing it at the time, but I, I know for a fact that I'm going to feel better after it. And it is going to make me feel better. It is going to fill my cup. And that's the thing that you can't pour from an empty cup. But you have to ask yourself, what are you doing to fill yours? Like, it can't just be like grind, grind, grind. Like, I'll just, I'll, I'll get, I'll get by today. Like, and tomorrow will be different. Like, I've, I've been down that road before. Like, and tomorrow's no different. You just feel worse for not doing the things that you you should have did the day that day. And it's the more you do that, the more you start to reinforce like this internal belief that you're not worthy or you're not worth making these little changes for and that's not true like you are absolutely worth it just because you became a parent doesn't mean to say that you are not worth investing a little bit of time in yourself and the more you do this like the more you do start to make yourself a priority then you start to reinforce another belief a belief that you are worthy of change and worthy of feeling good and this is going to start impacting all the actions you do but you do have to make changes and at the start it is going to feel really really tough especially when it comes to your kids and my kids are young like I, I know that the struggles with older kids um like the mum girl doesn't go away they also can speak back like and they know how to get under your skin they know what buttons to push as well like Archie's three and he knows what buttons to push but it is important to take that time for you to start prioritising your health, to start prioritising your fitness um, and also like starting to think about how you're viewing these things like do you want to be, do you want, is viewing yourself as a role model, would that would that be a motivator for you to keep going, um, like how are you thinking about exercise, like is it a chore, like are you dreading it, are you talking yourself out of it and making excuses before you've even started, like think about that, like think about your internal dialogue about how you're thinking about all the things that you're needing to do and start to kind of reframe them, start to think about the positives and what you're doing, um, start to schedule it into your day, like having a plan or as a, um, like a plan that you're following, like you guys have all got plans, look at it before, get familiar with the exercises, ask for help, like if you're struggling, reach out um, and also like being okay with a workout not going to plan one day or a meal prep not going to plan one day like be compassionate with yourself um but still pushing yourself to do the things that you need to do um 
the cool thing about about workouts and about exercise is the, the there was a study that showed that just one hour a week dramatically reduced your your risk of dying and that's just that's one hour total so that could be like three 20 minute workouts like your workouts don't have to be long they don't have to be in the gym they can be at home they can they can fit in around your lifestyle and what you need to do right now um so it's 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 starting to kind of change your mindset and how you're viewing things and knowing that it is tough and it's okay for it to feel tough and mum guilt is not going to go away but you need to start to think about yourself as worthy of change and start to think about yourself as a priority because you're only going to show up better for everyone else around about you. So that was the first question. That was a big one. Um, But something I know a lot of people will um, relate to. The second one was about periods uh, and how to manage hunger slash cravings and other symptoms around about your your period. So this particular client had got in touch because her birth control had changed and she was just finding that um, her period was just different and a little bit um, more challenging to, um, to navigate. So hunger was higher, um, her symptoms had changed uh, and just was looking for like a little bit of advice and the thing is like when you change your birth control like it, it can alter your your cycle so you might have different symptoms you may your period length might be longer your flow might be heavier it might be lighter your cycle length might vary as well and also the caveat to that is everybody's very individual so you might one person might change um, like two people might change a different like the same birth control and have completely different symptoms like it's very individual so one thing that I, I, I recommend every single female client does is track their cycle so I use um, Clue and I think it's a really really good app it's free you can track your cycle and it's got also got lef- lots of different things that you can track so you can track flow you can track energy levels you can track like your symptoms digestive symptoms like mood there's loads and loads of different things you can track um but until you do that like you don't really have the data and information to go on month to month if you're like and and that's why it's really important to write it down or to track it because you will forget month to month like um so tracking it is really going to help to to think about to start rationalising it as well and to think about the symptoms and things that are coming up, you could be like, right, well, I know like the week before my period, like there's particular days that I feel really low and really tired. So I'm going to manage that by doing X because I know that that makes me feel better. Um, and there's like, so it's the, but you don't know that until you start tracking it and you start to kind of notice like trends and, and things um, in your symptoms. Um, some common uh, symptoms and something this client was suffering from was hunger. So the evidence shows that your hunger does increase um, during your period or the week before your period um, and your so feelings of hunger will increase and your BMR will also increase. Um, so your basal metab- metabolic rate and that is because menstruating is an energy um, producing like um, process. So your BMR will increase, but it only increases by one to two hundred calories, so it's not a huge amount, and that's per day. But that hunger could 
can feel like 2,000 calories. You can feel like you have an insatiable hunger during your period. Well, some people do, again, very individual. Um, And so when you're like, yeah, increase your calories by 1 to 200 calories, like, that's not even a slice of bread, like, or like a like 100 calories is not even a slice of bread. Like, So if you're saying to people, that, yeah, you can increase your calories by 1 to 200 calories a day, but they're, they're, that hunger they're experiencing is like excessive of like 2,000 calories, it feels like. It feels like you could literally just eat everything. Like that's not really going to make much of a difference. So there's things that you can definitely do to help manage this. Again, being aware of it and being proactive with it. You can... Increase your calories by 1 to 200 calories, like I said, like if you think that that's going to make a difference. You could increase your calories up to maintenance for the week. Like, yes, you might not be in, like if you are if you are dieting for fat loss, like you might not be in fat loss for that week. But if increasing them up to maintenance means that your cravings are reduced, you're feeling better, um, then what you can do is like you can push harder on the other three weeks or the other, um, other days of your cycle. Um... Or you can you can not do anything. So if you don't particularly get that bothered by hunger, um, or if you can kind of push through it because you know you're on your period, um, and then you're also creating a little bit more of a deficit because your BMR is higher. Like if you can be if you can be that person and push through, like fat loss will be fat loss phase will be shorter in the long run. Um, and also like your your other things to help with hunger. So keeping your protein intake high keeping fruit and veg high, like making sure you've got some whole grain carbs in there for fibre, like making sure you're well hydrated, like sleep, like how are you sleeping? Like is it pretend, do you potentially need to to look at sleep hygiene and improving the quality of your sleep? Um, like there's lots of different things you can do to help manage that hunger. Um, and also thinking about um, body image on your period. So your mood is going to fluctuate throughout your cycle and that's because of your hormones, the changes in hormones like estrogen, progesterone, etc. Like um and that's going to impact your mood. And that the impact in mood has a, a massive impact on your body image. So how you feel um about your body. So and also when you've got your period, like you might experience bloating, cramping, um, fatigue, and these are also going to impact your body image. So it's why sometimes like when you're on your period you might you might feel like fat. And I say that like I know it's a podcast, but I'm like, oh I hate saying that because like fat's not a feeling, like so it's it's like you might feel bloated, you might feel like sometimes you don't feel like you don't feel I don't feel that clean sometimes in my period. Like this can all impact how you feel about your body and your body image. So I think like even more so when you're on your periods, like practicing daily gratitude, like daily daily body appreciation. Like, what do you appreciate your body for doing? Like, you're not always going to love every single part of your body, but what what can you appreciate from like your body? Like, what it does. Like, having a healthy menstrual cycle is something to be very appreciative of, and it actually means that you like it's you have more of a positive spin on the situation. Um, so and then some mindfulness as well. So the the mindfulness helps you hone into like being more present and curious with your thoughts and less reactive to them. So if you are on your period and you're feeling quite sensitive to, to things and like you are you're feeling like 
you're feeling bloated and you're feeling fat, like you might automatically react to that and your reaction to that is to, to go and get something to eat. Um, so if you are practicing some mindfulness, you can you can actually like stop, take some breaths and think, right, well, how am I feeling right now? What is going on? Like you can let those thoughts come in and you can you can feel them non-judgmentally and let them pass. And that's what mindfulness helps. It helps you be less reactive. Um and then you can ask the question like, you know, I could go and get something to eat, but I am in a fat loss phase, like um that's important to me right now. It's one of my goals. Like, will my future self thank me for that? Like you can be a little bit proactive with it. Um and also self-compassion. So Sometimes self-compassion is going to be pushing ourselves to do the things that we know our future self is going to benefit from. So that could be when you're when you're on your period and you are feeling very hungry. It it could be like you are going to push yourself to make like a high protein um like snack, so like some protein yogurt with fruit instead of reaching for chocolate. Um and again that is going to instill the belief that you are worthy of these changes um, from a place of love not from a place of hate or shame uh, so practicing self-compassion and I think self-compassion sometimes when you hear it when you hear people hear it they think if I just give them, let myself off the hook all the time and I'm very compassionate and like I'm I'm not going to make these changes like nothing's going to happen so but so I'm just going to continue to berate myself and I'm just going to continue to like grind harder because I need to do this because I'm like I'm not I'm I'm fat and I need to change and I need to do this like that internal dialogue like if you're if you're continuously putting yourself down like that like that is not going to help you in the long run like self-compassion you need to think about it as being like your own coach and what would a coach do like, what would I tell you to do? Like, I wouldn't tell you that you're fat and that you're lazy and that you need to do this and I can't believe you've eaten that. Like, I wouldn't say any of that stuff to you. I would encourage you to go for a walk. I would encourage you to do a workout. I would encourage you to to have, like, a, a healthy, high-protein snack because these things are going to make you feel better and I care about your health and, and how you're feeling about yourself in the long run. Like, and that's what a coach is there to do so you need to learn to be your own coach um throughout your journey and throughout your life like I personally if if I had a coach who was speaking down to me and and telling me like all the bad things about myself I wouldn't have that coach for very long like because it's putting yourself down all the time that is not a place where you're going to make any sort of long-term positive change like so you need to start practicing self-compassion and self-compassion you will find that there's a there's a balance so when you're on your period for example like sometimes actually going to the gym is going to make you feel worse like you don't feel you feel a bit gross like if you've got a particularly heavy period like you you might not feel that confident in the gym you might not feel comfortable in the gym so that might mean that on the, the week of your period like you think about having like a deload week in that week so that means like you reduce the amount of workouts you do potentially you reduce the volume that you do um maybe that's a week where you focus more on getting out and increasing your steps um or maybe that's a week that you do some yoga from the house like there's lots of different things you can do um that are going to instill positive change, but they are working around you 
and becoming that person that you want to be. And there's also um, some supplements that you can consider for period pain that might help. So if you have changed your birth control or you do suffer from period pain, um, there's some things called, there's a supplement called Vitex um, or Chaste Berry. And that is um, 400 milligrams a day on non-bleeding days. You can also think about vitamin B6. Um, so that's 10 to 20 milligrams. Um, some magnesium, um, in particular magnesium citrate, and that's 100 to 200 um, micrograms, and vitamin D3. So vitamin D3 is something I recommend everybody takes, um, but it, it can help with period pain as well. And that's 2,000 IUs or 62.5 mcg. Um, Can't remember what that is. Uh, but that, that's some supplements that might help period pain as well. Uh, next question, what is a superset? So that's an excellent question uh, and I program supersets because I know that most of my clients have got um, like time restraints on their workouts. So when you have a superset, basically that means that you do two exercises back to back with little to no rest um, and it means that you can do, um, you can get more work done in less time. And the way that I usually program my supersets for clients is we do like opposing muscles. So we'll do like a lower body exercise supersetted with an upper body exercise. And that just means that while you're doing like, so you do your lower body and then you move on to your upper body. While you're doing your upper body, your lower body is getting time to rest and recover. And then you'll take a little bit of rest after the upper body um, exercise. And then when you move back onto your lower body, your upper body is resting. So you are... You're all your your the muscles that you're working are they're able to get a little bit of of rest while the other one's working. So you can do like you, you're able to do like more more sets and more reps in less time. You don't have to do that. Um, if you're in the gym, for instance, and one of the exercises, like say your your B one exercise, is your um, like your barbell RDLs and your B2 exercises, your lat pull down, but they're like at opposite ends of the gym and somebody's on the, the lat pull down. Like what you can do them separately. Um or you can look at the next superset and and maybe um like swap some exercises in and out. So I wouldn't do two lower body exercises at the one time. I would or two upper body exercises at the one time. Um but you can swap um you can swap some exercises around about and if you're unsure just give me a message. You don't have to do them as supersets. You could just do like your barbell RDLs <clears throat> and then just take some rest between your sets and then move on to your lat pull down and do some rest between your sets. If you prefer to work it that way and you've got a little bit more time, then that's absolutely fine to do as well. Um, <clears throat> and the last question was how to build confidence in the gym um, with the workouts. And the thing about confidence is confidence only comes once you start doing the things that you don't feel confident doing. So you need to start putting yourself in positions that you don't feel confident in and then your confidence will grow. And something that's, um, so I've been reading or listening to Why Has Nobody Told Me This Before? So um, it's Dr. Julie and it's an, an amazing book, like such a good book, um, to listen to or to read 
talks through a lot about emotions, a lot about like stress, about anxiety, confidence, um, grief. It's just, it's just a really, really good book and there's a lot of things that you can take from that. There's toolkits, there's journaling prompts, there's, it's just, it's a really, really good book that I would recommend. But she talks a lot about confidence and what she says is courage before confidence. So you have to have the courage to put yourself in situations that you fear um, before that confidence will grow. So if that if you want to start being or feeling more confident in the gym, then things that you can do is initially you could start going with a friend, um, like having a workout plan and analysing the exercise or looking at exercises beforehand so you can feel confident about what you're doing. Um, potentially going at a, a quieter time. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> excuse me. So that you build that confidence and then over time you will start to feel more confident. You will start to be able to go by yourself maybe at um, busier times. Like you will start to kind of <clears throat> to know like that confidence will grow um, and your ability will grow. And something that I, I like, I find really beneficial when I'm thinking about doing things that I don't feel that confident in is is thinking like everybody felt like this at one point. Like, do you know you you've got pro athletes who they would have had their first days in the gym. Like, do you know, or you you'll have like public speakers who who would have been really really unconfident doing that to start with, and they've just had to build that confidence over time. And um, but it does take courage to start, but it's pushing yourself. And again when you start to, to see yourself as a priority and pushing yourself to do these things, like the confidence will grow. Um, and if, if potentially, like if, if confidence in the gym is just something that you, you're not quite there with just now, get confident at home. Get confident with the home workouts, with the movement patterns, like with your squatting pattern, with your like your lunging pattern, your push-ups, your, your, um, like your hinges, so like your banded... Um, banded deadlifts and banded good mornings like all these things like if you can get confident with the movements and then maybe you put it progress to getting some kit at home like some dumbbells like I know somebody just messaged me about dumbbells which is awesome um but if you can get confident doing the the movements with dumbbells that's a step towards going to the gym so it's like little stepping stones building up your confidence if you just don't feel that you're quite there to go to the gym yet um but yeah, like that is it's going to come over time, um, and it does take a little bit of courage to get you started and to get going. But once you start, like the the hardest step, the hardest step is always the first one. So once you actually get into the gym, um, you'll realise that one nobody is looking at you, like nobody cares what anybody's doing, um, and two, like you 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 realise that you are able to do this and that you are smashing it and that you're you're strength will start to build your confidence will start to get build like all these good things will come from it but you just have to kind of know where you're at and start to build over time so I, I think that was like the the questions and things that came up have been awesome this week so keep them coming um and yeah I hope you all have lovely days and I will speak to you all on the next one